So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. And as a small preface as to why there wasn't an episode last week was mainly due to the fact that I recorded something, not this, but I recorded something else and didn't record right. So all that audio is just, it's it's actually just static. So I can't use that. So here's a little something different that I'm doing. Hope you enjoy. It's probably going to be a little bit boring, I'm not going to lie to you, but this is something that I want to make. This is something that I want to put a lot of time and effort into. So, for that reason, I hope you enjoy, and I'm sorry that there wasn't anything last week. I'll try to try to get this one up in time. So, the theme for this episode, there really isn't one. This one's just going to be me talking. And I mean, if you have an issue with that, that's, hey, that's understandable. Sometimes the guest's funnier than the host themselves, but it's not what the... Something this is going to be this time. So, to kick things off, I just want to say, how are you doing? Have you been? It's been a little bit, so, you know, I just want to make sure I could check in on you, make sure everything's all good. But, besides that, thank you, and welcome back to Slump. You know, one of the weird things that I've had to face, because I've, I usually talk about the subjects, but for some reason I never get too personal with them, but... What happened with me a lot was that when I was very focused on growing and I was very focused on moving on and moving forward, the main problem with that is that, you know, you're growing away from people. That's not something that you want, right? The people that you're friends with, you might want to stay friends with them or something along those lines. And so it's just a matter of you saying that, well, I'm a different person. The person they want to be friends with isn't me and the person I want to be friends with isn't them, right? Because it's like... You can't always prioritize the same things. You can't always want to talk to the same kind of person, and other people can't be expecting that either. So it's just, things don't match up anymore. It's crazy to think that of all the time that you could be alive, of any place you could be in, of any mindset you can have, of any personality you'd want to talk to or that would appeal to you, you are friends with that person in that instant. You met because you guys were in the same place, and you got along, and he had a few things in common, maybe. And so, of all the different possibilities, you need to think of it like you had maybe 10 friends, like around 10 friends, 20 friends, or something like that, out, out of the seven plus billion people on this planet, right? So that means everything lined up for you and those 10 people, at least based on where you are right now at this time in your life. And for the seven plus billion other people, it just didn't line up. So it's weird to think that, you know, it's like, oh, well, maybe I can't stay friends with these people. You know, not that you need to force yourself not to be unless you see it's a bad situation, but sometimes you need to realize it might be for the best that you don't. So it's like out of all the seven plus billion people and of all the different times and, and all the different, I, I guess, timelines, if you want to go down that line, out of all those different situations, out of all those different instances and, and possible outcomes, you're friends with these people when you're friends with them. So why is it such a crime that those people will stop being your friends? You know, I, I said I talked about new work and new, new school and all that stuff and new problems, but you're, you're going to meet a lot of new people. And I mean, whether you want to or not, because you're never going to be staying in the same place for the rest of your life. And if you are, I don't know if that's too good of a thing. But 
Meeting new people allows you to experience new things. You get to hear what they have to say. You get to hear what you have to say. Sometimes for me even, I can just talk and, and just by talking I learn. They don't even need to say anything back. They don't need to offer me emotional support. They don't even need to give me literally any advice. But as a result of that, it's just like I say something and I put things out there and sometimes you can have something floating around in your head that doesn't quite make sense. Everything makes sense to you because you have no reason to question anything. You're like, yeah, I think this because I think this. It's like, when I used to write a lot more essays, that I was always told that just read it out loud when you're proofreading it because you'll say something out loud and you'll realize it makes literally no sense. Why? Because if it's an idea that you thought up, it can make a whole lot more sense to you than somebody reading it or, or your different senses when hearing it out loud, right? Because your brain, when you think about something, it stays in your brain. When you say it out loud and your ears hear it, it's a little bit different. So in that sense, it's just I've, I'm kind of okay with just talking, just to talk or maybe something even like this because I'm not directly talking to you. <laughs> Sitting in a room by myself, man, this isn't, this isn't me necessarily having a proper conversation with somebody. But at the same time, it's, I'll still probably learn something from this something that you didn't notice like you can watch the same movie twice three times same thing with albums you know media like that and you'll get a different idea from it or you'll understand different things based off of it even if it's the same thing so how are your thoughts and ideas and stuff that you express any different you might notice a little small thing about your story when you say it this time rather than you saying it that one time because you picked up on a different detail. You had more time in between for you to, to figure things out. I remember watching movies when I was younger and going back and visiting them five to 10 years later and realizing, wow, how did I not pick up on half these concepts? And I was like, wait, I was six. <laughs> like, what am I gonna do? Am I some like genius when I'm six years old? Like, not even close to that. So it's just, you know, revisiting some of those old things and and coming back to it and getting different things. So again, how is expressing your ideas any different? How is telling stories any different? You're always going to be realizing new things based off of that. It doesn't matter how many times you tell it, you might still be realizing things after the 50th time telling the same story, because for me, I sure know I am. So then that begs the question, how many things do you, how many ideas do you have in your head that really make no sense, but only make sense to you? And what I mean by only makes sense to you, only makes sense in your mind, right? So you can say it out loud and you're like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. So in reality, it doesn't make sense to you. It just makes sense when you don't question it. And it's easier not to question things when it all, it all lines up in your head. Similar to things just lining up in your head, that's, that's how I view a lot of dreams working. Because for me personally, I like lucid dreaming, you know, dream journaling and stuff like that. I, I've messed around with it a little bit. I've, I've gotten my own results and some fun stuff that I've, I've talked about on here. But the main difference between whether you're lucid dreaming or not is whether your brain's just okay with what's going on around you. Right? It's whether whether you, you're sitting through something or you're experience some, experiencing something or going through your dream and you're just like, yeah, this makes sense. I'm like, bro, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> just got beaten up by like a two-year-old <laughs> it doesn't even close to make sense but it will to you because you're not really thinking about it i mean again i'm no no scientist psychologist none of that but i don't know i think i think that dreams are just the free-flowing information that your brain brings 
And uh, I heard that the part of uh, your brain that has reason and stuff like that in it and critical thinking is kind of shut off during that time. Because, I mean, hey, that needs to rest as well. <laughs> but when your reasoning skills aren't on and your critical thinking skills aren't on, that's, that's, how, you, that's how you're experiencing your dreams. It's crazy how when you're in your dreams, you're just interacting with yourself. Your dreams are a world that you entirely create, and then you're experiencing it with your own, your own conscious. Like, it's a world that you've created. Whether it's from pulling from real things or not, like, you, you created that world. And I think, that's, I think that's pretty cool. Because when you're experiencing your dreams, sometimes you might even be reliving events or you might be reliving flashbacks. Because when you're in those dreams and you're reliving those things, it's kind of like telling the same story. Now you're experiencing the same story, and you might gain something entirely different from it. You know, sometimes you have to take some stuff that, uh, that you're thinking about, take some ideas that you're thinking about, and really say them out loud. Because if you haven't done that, then you might have that reasoning, or you might have that critical thinking shut off a little bit. You might need to, to consider a few different things. You might, you might have to, to think about what's wrong about that you know like you might have just created a situation that isn't even close to tied to reality but your brain just going to be like sure <laughs> whatever you say man whatever you say So for me, sometimes I'll be talking to somebody and I'll realize that they're entirely crazy halfway through saying whatever they're saying, because you got to think about maybe, maybe when they're saying that, that things just make sense in their head. But when they're saying it out loud, they're, they're still not really thinking about it because I've had, I've had people talk to me about the Mandela effect and I'm like, yeah, no, I, I understand it. And if you don't understand what it is, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm going to spend this whole time saying it because I really, I don't have too firm of a grasp on the concept myself, but essentially it's seeing something and it not being the way that you remember it, except it's a mass shared thing with a lot of different people. And I've had people talk to me about it and they're just like, yep, alternate realities, alternate universes, like big government cover-ups. I'm like, listen, man, <laughs> whatever you say, dude, because... It's like, if you believe something like that, there's really nothing that somebody can say to, to sway you otherwise. And it might be frustrating to see that, but it's like when somebody's detached from reality, to them, you're, you're in reality. So anything that you say isn't going to be attached to them. Anything that you say won't find a way to connect with them because they're so detached from it. And you know, that might be true for stuff like people thinking that alternate universes exist, but that stuff exists with a lot more common things that, that you'll experience. It's like if think about it like this. If you're born and raised to believe something, whatever that is, you can make it political if you want. But if you're born and raised to believe something and somebody starts saying different things that aren't even close to what you were taught to believe and stuff like that, it's like if somebody's like there's a 27th letter in the alphabet that you just had no idea about. And you're like, whoa, that's crazy you're gonna think that it's crazy. <laughs> you probably won't believe them, why? Because you were raised on knowing that and your entire reality is shaped upon what you've been taught and what isn't proven wrong. 
And so it's so hard when stuff that you believe for longer and longer and longer, when it starts to get proven wrong or where you see it might be wrong. And it's just like, it's strange for you to see and it's strange for you to experience because you're just like, no, that's wrong. Because I've been taught like this and this is how I understand it to be. And this is how reality actually is. You might be wrong. And yeah, there might be alternate universes. And that's why the Mandela effect exists. <laughs> it's just like, like you'll, you'll be talking to somebody and they'll be so dead set in their beliefs. Or they'll think a certain way and they'll do that for the entirety of their life just based off of something that's been perpetuated to them. Something that they've been told a whole lot. And that's to the point where you can't say anything to convince them otherwise not not at all because they're so dead set on them being correct that they're so detached not necessarily from reality to them to them they think that they're just detached from everything that's wrong and so when you start to say something that conflicts with them if they think everything about what they believe and what they think is right then they think everything else that doesn't fall within those lines is wrong such as anything that you might be bringing up that slightly disagrees with it now, I've met some people that are absolutely full of themselves and I mean I'm not friends with any of them because it's just like they're like I'm literally perfect in every way and it's just like and and it brings up a different point that I'll get to later and so it's just actually I'll get to that point now I know a lot of people that a hundred percent it's their right to give advice but sometimes I just like <laughs> I don't I don't think they should like I'll hear somebody saying no you're perfect just cut them out of your life and stuff like that and in certain instances that's true but what does that tell you it tells you that you're not wrong and a lot of the time you can be <laughs> so if you just have people that are just not necessarily supporting you but supporting being right to them or, or telling you that you're right regardless it's just I think it's like a very non-confrontational approach and I'm not too confrontational of a person myself but I'll I'll speak my mind I'll say what I'm thinking. I'll be like, y you might have been wrong, dude. <laughs> There's a chance that when you beat up that old person walking down the street, it wasn't because you were living your best life. <laughs> but that's what I mean. It's just if you're always being told by people around you that you're right and that, oh, my God, you're so perfect and stuff like that. Well, you might not be. And you not being perfect, it's not going to lead to you learning about your issues. You're just not going to be acknowledging them or learning about them. So when you deal with all these problems, you're just like, no, it's everything else's fault. It's not mine. Hate to break it to you, man. You didn't need to beat up that old man. <laughs> but that's what that's what I mean. Is you you can't. You can't always be right. It's like so when some people tell me, when some people have told me that they're just like, your feelings are validated, I'm like, I'm happy that you think that is the case. But I know that there's a lot of people that'll just say your feelings are validated just to calm you down rather than to actually help you out. And it's just like, your feelings are validated. I'm just like, okay, but there's some time when my feelings aren't. So it's like, what are you going to do then? Because a lot of people will say that your feelings are validated, but it kind of makes you think, oh, what if it's not, right? Because you're just gonna be scared. You're just like, well, what, what if they're wrong? What if they're just lying to me, right? So it's just like by, by being overly positive or just by speaking using a certain way 
it'll make people just like not trust you it's like if you're always telling me my feelings are validated again i don't think beating up that old person because i didn't like the shoes they're wearing i don't think that's too valid of a of an emotion to be feeling in that case (laughs) So that's, that's in line with the whole being influenced by people. And not necessarily adopting their habits, but believing some of the things that they'll tell you. And it's not to be paranoid and, and to not believe anything that you're told. It's just, it's as simple as thinking about it, like critically thinking about it. Because when you talk to these people, it's not a dream, right? It's not, it's not something that's just in your head, you're being exposed to it. But some people will just be like, yep, no, that makes sense because I'm friends with them. And and I get Starbucks with them sometimes. <laughs> Bro, you can buy as many drinks as you want from there, but you can't buy the truth, especially especially when it comes to like deep emotional stuff with your friends. Like you can't just buy that. It's like if you're always told that you're right, think about what happens the second that you aren't told that you're right. Like, how are you going to react to it? It's probably going to be, like, really, really foreign to you when you're just like, oh, yeah, no, you're right. No, definitely. And, of course, it's good to be right sometimes, but it's, like, not all the time. Because if you're just being told that you're right, maybe not necessarily being right again. What, what are you going to do when you're not being told that? Right? How are you going to react to it? How are you going to feel about it? You're going to think that they're lying to you or they're being mean for some reason. And like, we can't all be right all the time, man. And if you think everybody else is wrong, then everybody else can think you're wrong. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I saw was a little bit strange for me was just to see that a lot of people were talking about how bad social media is and don't don't get me wrong i think there's a lot of negative aspects to it i think there's a lot of layers to it but at the same time i think that's a lot of it is dependent on how you use it i remember i had uh on my personal instagram account i followed a ton of photography instagram accounts and in my feed i'd I'd go onto my phone and just see a bunch of beautiful pictures a lot of nature a lot of cool stuff like that and I, i was like oh this is great I thoroughly enjoyed it. And like, sure, if I wanted to text one of my friends, I can use social media for that. But I was following so many of those other Instagram accounts, it didn't matter. I don't like my friends' posts. I don't comment under them, really. If I want to know what's up with them or if I want to see what they've been up to, I ask them. So when I was uh, when I was seeing all that stuff, it was great. In fact, using social media like that was more of a benefit for me because... Here, the winters can be kind of nasty. And so you're usually not spending too much time outside during these times. So it's good to see that that there's some some great things or some great looking things happening in other places on the planet, right? In some other areas where things look pretty beautiful. You know, it, it helped me a good amount. So it's just, I think a lot of it is how people use it. And I mean, then again, if people can mess something up, they usually will because people will just... <laughs> I understand it's addictive, but at least make what you're addicted to be something more positive, like choosing the accounts that you follow. If you want to follow some inspirational quote accounts, and do that. If you like their quotes, if you like what they're bringing to the table, then follow them, right? But don't follow people that you really don't like. Then what are you following them for? You're just going to be seeing their content. You're going to be like, oh, well, they're doing this and they're doing that. The great thing about social media is that you can shut off your phone. You can turn off your computer. 
right? You can move away from it. And I know that might seem like a little bit difficult because you're like, it's more in depth than that. But at the end of the day, that's what turns you being on social media to you being not on social media. <laughs> you know, it's like you need to use it for the right purposes. You need to talk to the right people. And I can't just be saying that and then like, <laughs> I can't just tell everybody what to do. If you want to use social media forever, man, you can, but everything has a good side and a bad side to it. But especially with the internet, there's a lot of double-edged swords. It's like playing video games. You might thoroughly enjoy it, but some people will throw away physical health for their video games that they're playing. So it's like, you'll be enjoying one aspect of it. You have to realize the drawbacks to it. The same stuff happens with social media. Very same things. The thing is that social media should inspire you to do things. If you're like, oh, wow, these people went on a road trip, then save up or put yourself in a position or set this as a goal to go on a road trip, right? Make it a goal. Make it something to look forward to rather than because you see people going on road trips and stuff. You say, hey, good for them. I want to do that. Then work towards it. You know, put the time into doing that. You know, I'm not just going to sit here and say, you want to go on a road trip? Then go on a road trip. <laughs> it's not that simple. But you got to put the hours in. You got to put the time into that, right? You have to You have to realize, do you want something because you really want it and you think that you need it? Or do you want something because somebody else has it? Because if you want something because somebody else has it, that's kind of a pride thing. You're like, oh, well, they're in this position or they're doing this thing or something's going on with them that's not going on with me. The thing is that people will be so focused on other people's lives. And when I say other people, I mean people that don't care about them, as in not family members or close friends or something like that. You'll be so focused on what this one stranger's doing. They'll say, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do this. And you're spending the more amount of time you spend focusing on other people is the less amount of time you have focusing on yourself and actually getting to the positions that they're in and getting to the spot that they're at or being able to do the things that they're able to do. Growing and scrolling on your phone isn't getting you anywhere closer to anything, but maybe being a little bit anxious or jealous. <laughs> so that's why I say not all social media is bad. You just, you got to use it as a tool. You know, things can help or hinder you. And a lot of people, not that they choose to have things hinder them, but they'll be so focused in the pursuit of knowing what's going on around them that you'll know what's going on around you. And and I understand being informed, but like knowing what your third cousin's doing on this particular day of the week, you don't need to know that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not something that you need to know. You don't need to look into that if you really don't want to. But it's crazy the amount of things that we'll, we'll do to ourselves, the amount of ways that we'll harm ourselves by things that aren't even necessarily meant to be bad. Like the original point of social media, do you think people will made social media having negative ideas in mind saying, nah, I want to make this terrible website or this terrible service or platform that will just make everybody miserable. That was never the intention, but that's what it turned into based on how people used it. You know, social media was meant for you to be social. But when you're just scrolling through people's posts or you're just watching people's stories thinking, I wish I could be doing this, I wish I could be doing that, you're not connecting with them. Their content's connecting with you and you're watching that stuff, but that's it. <laughs> well, there's a few things that's connecting. Their content to you and the idea that you're not doing anything good in your life. <laughs> it's like, you can't do that. You know, social media can, can be used for so many great things, whether it's 
fundraising, you know, if you want to be protesting about whatever you want to be protesting about, organizing groups and stuff like that, of different fandoms of different media and stuff like that, connects you with people that you want to know or you want to talk to. I met a lot of people through social media and a lot of, I don't have too many friends in the place that I live. Not because it's even that a place where there's no people to talk to, but it's just, I've used it to my benefit. I can go on social media and say, hey, good for them. Right. As a podcaster, you'll be you'll be following a whole lot of other podcasters and you'll see, oh, my God, wow, they hit this milestone and they have this many people that follow. Great. Work towards it. (laughs) You see how excited they are to get those numbers, man. Work towards it. Put the hours in. If that's something that you really want, if it's something that makes you feel worthless, then make yourself feel worth something by doing that. You know, it's frustrating to see people that you're close to be caught up in that stuff. You know, especially around social media and and caring about things or people that you shouldn't really care about. Like, the second I started saying in my head, like, why why should I care about this? It's just, I started realizing how much it applies to so many of the things I see on social media. It's like, look at this famous person's opinion on this video. I'm like, I don't care. Unless it's something like music, I I usually don't watch people reacting to things. Why? Because I just react to it, and I enjoy that. And I think it's great. It's like, watch this famous person's opinion on this thing. I'm like, I I don't, it doesn't matter. (laughs) The only difference between me and them is they have followers, and they're an influencer, and they have money. That's the difference doesn't make their opinion worth more than mine unless they're like an informed person or a professional at the subject and a lot of famous people are not professionals at at a lot of things (laughs) maybe music right maybe acting you know stuff like that but it's like why do i want to see this famous actor's opinion on this different political topic they're an actor (laughs) it's just like why i don't it, it doesn't make sense to me. It's just people will be so focused on like, oh my God, this person's reaction to blank is everything. I'm like, it's not. <laughs> I'm like, how do you feel about it? Like, I don't really care that. I'm like, why do you care about this person's reaction to it? It's just, again, the more fixated you are on other people is less fixated you are on yourself. And it might think that being self-fixated or self-centered is a bad thing. But if you're not self-centered, if you're not centered on you, then what else are you centered on? What else should you be centered on? It doesn't make any sense to me that people would they say that you're so self-centered. Again, what what am I going to be centered on? A different person? No, cuz I'm not them. I can't influence their decisions. I can influence mine. So I better be self-centered. <laughs> and I understand being self-centered in in the negative connotation, but I think the difference between being self-centered in a good way and being self-centered in a bad way is that when you're self-centered in a positive way is you're bringing yourself up. And if there's people you care about, there's people that's close to you, you bring them up as well. If you're self-centered in a negative way, you only care about bringing yourself up regardless of its effects on other people. And it's just not the same. So again, if if you're not self-centered, you probably should be. Because what else are you centered on? Are you centered on a sport that anybody could be playing, a hobby anybody could be doing, a person anybody could know? Why aren't you fixated on yourself? Why aren't you centered on yourself? Because quite literally, you are biologically self-centered. Where, <laughs> where it's your your biology is just comprised of yourself. So it's just like, why 
are you not going to be focusing on yourself? A lot of people say self-love and self-care, but it's like then when you bring up the term self-centered, it has a big negative connotation behind it. And I can understand it, but at the same time, again, what else are you centered on? What else is your main priority, right? I understand having like kids or maybe somebody you're married to, but you also have to hold yourself to a specific standard, right? You need to care about yourself a lot because regardless of who, of what kids you have, who you're married to, dating or friends, you're going to be the only consistent thing in your life. You. I was saying that you're going to even look different. Maybe one day in 20 years, you'll be fat, right? Maybe one day in 20 years, you'll be bald, right? Or maybe in, in a wheelchair. Not that there's anything wrong with those things, but you're literally going to be different. You will never be the same. Like you might wake up tomorrow and have some acne wherever on your face. Your face will literally never look like that the same exact way again. Never. So quite literally, you're always going to be changing. So if you're still going to be changing, regardless of what you do, things around you are going to be changing a lot. So if things around you, if everything's going to be changing, but yourself is going to be the most consistent thing to you, why are you clinging to so many things that are going to change and go away from you and, and not be in your life for a very long time? Again, still care about those things, but more than anything, you got to care about yourself. Because that's why I say people are so fixated. It's like, oh, well, you spent so much time obsessing over this famous person. Uh-oh, they found tweets from six years ago. They got canceled. There goes all of that time you spent being obsessed with them because now you can't stand them. How many hours did you waste on that? <laughs> like, I can, I can appreciate actors, actresses, you know, musicians, stuff like that. But it's like, and also athletes. But at the same time, it's like, I don't care that much. I don't put a lot of myself into that person. Because first of all, that person will never know me or talk to me. And second of all, anything could happen to them. They can do whatever they want. But they're very detached from me. So if I'm obsessed with somebody, I'm kind of along the ride with them. Whatever decisions they make, whatever bad decisions they make, I have to be like, I, that reflects onto me. Not publicly, but it fe makes me feel like that personally. You know, it's, it's like seeing somebody that famous person you really care about having a really bad thing happen to them or they do a really bad thing it's just like oh well this person I care about isn't the person I thought they were it's like regardless of whether they're the person you thought they were just like how much time have you invested into somebody that's that you don't even that you will never talk to <laughs> so that's why I see more of a positive effect of being in those communities and talking to people like that but at the same time it's like being fixated on the person themselves it's just Everything's going to be changing around you, so why cling to things that won't be around for very long? And that's what I feel about material objects. Because the connections you can have with people and the people that you can meet, quite literally, they're always going to be different from each other. Maybe you might meet two people with very similar so personalities, but they're not going to look the same. You know, you can have identical twins. Even a clone of somebody will not be the same person. Any small different things can influence it. Any small thing. People they hang around, right? Different injuries they might have gotten, different traumas, you know, stuff like that. It's just, even clones will not act the same to each other. 
So when you're using your phone, right, or you're wearing some shoes or clothing or you're in a house, they can easily just manufacture another phone that's built the same exact way. You can, people live in neighborhoods, you know, I remember there was like when they were, I think it was around like the 50s or something like that when they were building tons and tons of the same houses, like same styled houses, like all you need to do is paint, add a new coat of paint and refurnish one of the house like right next to you, it's the same thing. It's like living in an apartment. You go to the apartment right above you, probably the same, unless it's like a different type of deal, right? A lot of apartments, basically the exact same thing. So it's like, why are you so attached to something that there's so many of the exact same one? Because, uh-oh, one thing breaks, there's tons more like it. And I understand being attached to it because you can't afford a lot of things, right? You're going to care about your phone because you can't pay for a new one. I get that. But you got to accept the fact that there's nobody like the people you'll know. There's no, There's nothing that will be the same as the relationships that you have with this person or with that person. So it's like, why do you have so much of yourself invested in an object or in a thing that can just easily be manufactured, right? I remember people talk about shoes and stuff like that. They'd be like, oh, yeah, well, well there's only like six of these pairs of shoes are in existence. Like, I understand the cool historical significance of it. But somebody can just make a fake pair that looks just like it. <laughs> And I understand that, like, you know, faking shoes and stuff like that isn't isn't great, you know. And I, I'd rather wear a pair of real shoes, like real iconic shoes and fake ones. But at the same time, it's like, if you can manufacture shoes in the same exact way that I have the same amount of quality, right, the same amount of care put into it, then are the other shoes really real? Are these, the ones that you're wearing, really fakes? Because... If they put in a lot of time into them as well, a lot of effort, it's just like, I understand that symbolically they have no significance. They're manufactured in just as high quality of a way. And that just goes to show, goes to show how little the physical material things matter. It's good to care about them in the sense that you buy what you need, right? You got to keep surviving, you got to keep pushing, you know, I, I don't think that, that no material object matters. Bro, you should live in a house, having a roof over your head, wearing, having clothes on your body, having food in your body, stuff like that, right? All that stuff matters. But it's crazy thing that people can fabricate and fake the most ex expensive, the most specific, the most iconic pair of shoes. But when it comes to the real life person, they will never biologically be the same. They will never socially be the same. They'll never look the exact same way. You know, stuff with deep fakes and stuff, but none of that's real, right? People using voice altering stuff, none of that's real, right? And even if it's a robot, that's also not real. That robot can literally act. If they have the same stuff coded in their brain, they can still act different because they'll be experiencing different things. So when it comes to people, people are amazing because you will never meet somebody that's exactly the same as somebody else. You might meet similar people, both looking and how they act, but you won't meet people in the same position, born in the same place, responding in the same ways. Millions of iPhones made a year. Millions and millions of houses built across the planet. 
See, the thing that makes these material objects worth it is that we put value in it. That's it. It's because we value it. And we might value it because it does matter, right? Like like water, we value water. Yeah, because you're going to die if you don't drink water. <laughs> you better be valuing water. But it's like I play tennis, and it's like I don't have a lot of value in my tennis rack. I'll take care of it, and I'll appreciate it because it costs way too much. But that's it. That's the extent that my care goes to. And that same thing applies to people because and to some extent you can choose how much you care about people. The great thing about a lot of people though is that when you have close relationships and close friendships and maybe close family members is that you can't necessarily choose that though. You can't choose how much you care about them because that's just something that's guaranteed. That's something that you already have built with them. That's something that's already there. So it's not really your decision whether you care about it or not, like a physical object, right? Like going on social media. That's something that's kind of put on you. And I personally view that as a very good thing. You know, one of the important things that I think about is how much you value things and how much you care about certain certain things around you and you know I, I did talk about that when I said how much time and effort you put into somebody else that you won't even know or ever talk to but think I think about it with like holidays and, and sports and stuff like that you know because whenever I talk about the holidays or whatever it's like on one end of the spectrum it's like oh yeah I'm super excited for it I'm going to do this for it I'm going to do that for it and then the other side of the spectrum they're just like well, it's like every other day of the year, so nothing matters. And I'm just like, what's the fun in that? You know, I care about things enough to where I can enjoy the good aspects of them. But if it's something that I can really not be super attached to, like holidays or sports, then then I, I don't get so attached to it that I feel all the negatives of it. It's like with Christmas. I'm somebody who does celebrate Christmas, and I get excited for it. So, I'll get a little bit in the spirit of it, you know, a little bit. I'll maybe do this thing different or that thing different for it. And, and when the day comes, I'll be happy for whatever I get because I don't care about it too much, right? It's nice because you get a breakup of the monotony. You get to do a little something different, something fun with other people, such as, again, like Christmas or like maybe Thanksgiving, Halloween, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it kind of breaks things up because... Now, when you're doing these things, it's like, oh, well, I have something to look forward to. Not only do you have something to look forward to, you have different things that you can do, right? Like, I remember I had this white, this one white elephant opening thing, of people just got each other a bunch of dumb stuff, because that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing, and that was fun. It was fun. Didn't matter that Christmas was, was just like every other day of the year, technically. Didn't matter that time is really just an ongoing always flowing thing that people just break up in forms of 24 hours and 7 days and 52 weeks and 365 and a quarter days it's that time where it's just like I don't know, anytime we could be doing this we all come together, we all agree that that we want to celebrate this and I think that's fun, 
but I don't get so into it that I'm going to get pissed if I only get socks. I'm going to be upset if I only get underwear because I got that this year and I'm happy for it because that stuff's necessary and, uh, and I know I need it. <laughs> so I really don't mind. You know, because it's it's usually like the non-flashy gifts like that that you end up using the most. Like, like that kind of stuff. That's that's what I was excited for. So it's like, and think about it like this: is people that don't like celebrating their birthdays for the longest time. I was like that, you know. And again, there's the two opposite sides of the spectrum. There's the people that post like, "It's my birthday, it's my birthday," and they wear this like this huge ribbon and stuff like that, and a crown saying it's my birthday on it. And then there's other people that are just like, "Well, technically, it's like every other day of the year, and it doesn't really matter that you were even born." I'm just like, okay. But think about it like this. You get one day of the year that, not on a global scale, but in a close friend scale and in, and in, the, in the scale of the friends and the, and the kind of close people you know, you have a day for you. You have a day devoted to you where people can celebrate you, where people can, can care about you. Not they can't do that any other day of the year, which is another thing I hear, but it's like, it's fun that everybody can get together maybe throw a surprise party, you know, maybe do something stupid, maybe go out with them, where people can celebrate you. It's just like a lot of things. It doesn't matter that it's like every other day of the year. It matters that people decide to care about it. Because those people care about you. So you have to think about that. And so that's the same thing with sports when I'm like, I get excited when my sports team does good. I'm not going to give specifics because I'm not giving away where I live, but... I get excited when my sports teams do good. And so I'm excited for when they win and when they lose, I really don't care that much because there are a bunch of people that I don't know that <laughs> that are out there playing a sport I'll never be able to play at a professional level. It's just like I choose how much I care about that. And it's like if my team loses and there's a bunch of people talking trash online, just like I said before, just shut your phone off. <laughs> that's all you really have to do, man. It's that simple. So it's just, you know, you have to choose how much you care for some things because caring too much is going to mess you up and not caring enough. You know, people think that caring too much about different things is like them being weak. And I understand with like people, and some people are manipulative. So by you doing that, then, you know, you have trust issues and whatever. But with you caring about things, it doesn't make you weak. You just you have just as much understanding as the people that don't care. But the issues with not caring is that everything's monotonous. You don't care about whatever holiday it is, right? You don't care about whatever's going on. You don't care about your birthday. It's like, well, then not caring is what takes a great day like your birthday where people can go around, hang out with you, maybe get you some gifts, maybe celebrate it, get all excited, see some family. It takes that to just a normal Tuesday. You can experience that 51 other times in the year. <laughs> so why not break it up for that specific occasion? And so it's, you're not weak for caring about things. And you're not super intelligent and super ahead of the curve for, for not caring about things. So just a difference in priorities. But that's why I'll care, but I won't care too much. That's kind of what I would even describe being grateful as. Is you caring but not caring too much. 
because if you care, you're just like, yeah, I'm grateful that I have this house that I live in and I have family that cares about me and I have close friends that care about me. But if I care to really look into the, logis the logistics too much, I'm like, oh, well, I'm not rich and oh, well, I don't have thousands of followers on Instagram. Oh, I don't have a ton of podcast listeners. Yeah, but I don't care to that extent. It doesn't matter to me to that extent. It's choosing to care about the positive things in my life and not caring about the things that that aren't positive. And that's not even a not taking constructive criticism thing. That's a whole separate deal. But it's things that that you can choose to care about. You can choose to care about Christmas if you want. You can choose to not care about it. <laughs> it's entirely up to you. But that's what I think about. And that's what I said earlier. So, you know, you have to think about how many decisions people make that really... That really just worsened their life, just only based off their decisions. And that's why I also say it's another pride thing when you see that other people are in this position and stuff like that. Or you see other people really care about Christmas and you're just like, oh, well, I don't care that much. And some people don't even celebrate Christmas, right? Some people aren't raised in families that celebrate Christmas, and that's not a terrible thing, right? But some of those people might want to celebrate Christmas. And you live in a family that does celebrate Christmas. So be grateful that you do and take your socks and say thank you. <laughs> something that not everybody realizes is that nothing is really nothing is really deserved you know you can say that you deserve love and attention from your friends and stuff like that you don't deserve that though you know what I mean because when uh, what I've seen what happens with a lot of older people not even something that I've totally experienced yet, is that like they'll move out of their house and they'll enter into a workplace or something like that after college, they'll be like, nothing, nothing is guaranteed, nothing is promised to you. You know, you have rights and stuff like that, but nothing is really, really promised to you on top of that. And so that's just another part where you can just be grateful for what you have, you know. It's another aspect where you can just be happy for the things that you do have. Because for me, I'm kind of learning to be more grateful. And it's not that I was super bitter to everything I should have been grateful for, and I was just like, you now I'm so oblivious to literally everything, but at the very same time, it's easy to take a lot of things for granted. It's easy to forget a lot of those things when you're going through tough times, right? You can feel alone and stuff like that. A lot of people aren't truly alone. They might feel lonely, because I do sometimes as well. You know, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I do feel that, but... I do know that I have people that care about me, and I know that I have a lot more than a lot what a lot of people could ask for. I have loving parents, I have siblings that I care about, I have a grandmother that I live with that I also care about, you know what I mean? I have all those things. And that's more than what a lot of people can ask for. It's a lot more than that. You know, it's, it's tough to see that, oh, maybe this person won't text me back, or maybe this person doesn't want to talk to me, or I, I didn't get this job, or or I'm not passing this class, but it's like when I have these people in my corner and when I have these people that I know care about me at the end of the day, it's how can I, how can I lose? How can I really lose? 